This is Marathon to March. Welcome back, everyone. Season two, show number two. Or no, season three, technically. Season one was short, but... Oh, no. Can you hear me? Yeah. I Really? I cannot hear myself, though. That's interesting. But if you can hear me, then you can hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah. Like in, the, in the headset. Yes, it sounds different. It sounds different. Well, it looks... I know that I'm going... You're good. I know that I'm good, good to go. Can you hear me? Yes, I can okay, hear you very perfect. well. Oh, dude. <laughs> I heard about like some technical difficulties on Marathon. Um, like back, not Marathon, on Start, start Your Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Second Sunday. So if you can hear me good, though. Yeah, no, you're good. Okay, bet. So. Wait a minute. Now we're good to go. <laughs> top, ten, top 10 Coaches Day. We did top Woo! 10 teams last week. David has requested that we start to talk about. Our fantasy football teams, though, for the first yeah. five shows. So I had like seventy-five people who did a draft last night. I was one of them. Yeah, I just knew so many people who did a draft last night. Yeah, this is like my like fourth. Like I'm doing four leagues. This is I'm, like my I'm least like ten. My least important one, but uh, Here I did know, draft the team last night. Quarterback. This is fourteen teams, by the way. Okay. Kirk Cousins. I got Dak Prescott. It's this mine's a twelve teamer, and I got him in like round twelve. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very anti-drafting quarterbacks early. Yeah, of course, dude. RB1. Uh, I'm very positional gap driven in, in fantasy football. The A gap? Not that one. <laughs> RB1. Travis Etienne. My RB1 is Javante Williams. I don't like him this year. You're right. I love him this year. <laughs> I, I, I love Javante. Actually, more than anything. Melvin Gordon is there, and I don't care. I, he is by far the better running back, and he's going to get catches. He's going to get a ton of yards. He's so good at the goal line. Big fan of him. I, wonder, I also love Etienne, too. I wonder what Bus thinks about that. Loves Javante. I know, but like the gap he between him and Melvin Gordon. Oh, he does. Yeah, he I just, still think Melvin Gordon still got some stuff left in the tank. Oh, I think he does, but he's 29, and Javante has never been a workhorse. And I'm not saying he's going to be this year, but I think he needs to be because he's so efficient. Mm-hmm. Anyway, RB two. Um, J.K. Dobbins. Look at that. J.K. Dobbins, fine as well. I love yeah. J.K. He might get out, be out week one. We don't know yet, but either way, I do like him a lot. So, so might be Gus though too. Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty. RB one. Yeah. Um, there you go. Wide receiver one. Chris Godwin. I have Cooper Cup. I drafted him four overall. Cooper Cup was my first overall pick at four. Uh, not first overall, but my fourth overall pick at four. <laughs> so, our, wide receiver two. Devontae Smith. Touchdown, uh, I, Alabama. <laughs> I have Juju Smith-Schuster. I like him Corvette, this year. Corvette. I like him this I year. I think he gets 1,000 yards receiving. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Wide receiver two. Wide receiver three. You have wide receiver three? I have. I have oh. my, my wide receiver three is on my bench right now. Okay, I have a wide receiver three like starting this one, and that is Robert Woods. Okay, my third wide receiver is Brandon Ayuk. Who I Downfield to Ayuk? I, I, lo- I love again. I drafted him last Dude, year. Dude, he's, he, he's a really good, talented player. He just needs to get the ball. Uh, flex spots, how many do you have? One or two? Uh, one. And who's your flex? Uh, Mark Andrews. Mine is Josh Jacobs. My tight end is Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey is my tight end. So you went Kelsey, I, I Andrews, back to back. I picked number 10. I went tight ends back to back, and... Like, if I don't trade Andrews before the season, it'll be pretty shocking. You're going to plan on trading Andrews? Yeah, for a, probably another running back. Yeah. I, I like your running backs, though. ETN and Dobbins are great. I think you need help. Yeah, but in a 14-team league, I'd like to have one of those guys as my third. That's true. I also and have... I, could, I can play Ayuk. I can play Melvin Gordon. I can play Nico Collins, even in my flex. So, I have Melvin Tolbert. Gordon on my bench as well. I also have Tyler Lockett. 
I also drafted uh, Isaac Pacheco, the Chiefs guy. Mm-hmm. Ken, the, Kenneth Walker, who I think is going to be RB1. I don't know why people think it's going to be Rashad Penny. People think Rashad Penny is going to get 1,300 yards. No. If Rashad Penny plays more than eight games, call me shocked. Yeah, no, he'll be hurt. Um, also drafted Alec Pierce. I like him a lot. But anyway, this is not a fantasy uh, football yeah, show. A, you do you not have a kicker in defense in that I league? Do. I do. Okay. I Joseph in the San Francisco 49ers I took defense. suck up because I really don't care who my kicker is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm going to stream kickers every week. I took the Broncos because their first two weeks are Seattle and Houston. So I took the Friday 49ers because their first week is the Bears, and I have no idea who they play week two. All right. Well, coaches. Coaches time. Not John. fantasy football coaches. Actual college basketball coaches. Any honorable mentions from you, David? Yeah, there are actually five. I have five honorable mentions. Okay. Um, see, it's tough. Because on, you know, I, there's a lot of guys that I, after you drop your top 50 list, <laughs> there's a lot of guys who, um, rank, are, ranking coaches might be the hardest thing to rank in any sport. I like, think so, especially college basketball. <laughs> Cause you want to look at, it's so subjective. There's so many things to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will go with my five honorable mentions. So I, <laughs> I have John Calipari as an honorable mention. Okay, he's just won too many games for me now to at least put him out there. Okay, Kentucky fans are still pissed. We'll be both pissed at both of us if we don't have him in the top ten. Dude, they complain about him all the time. Sorry, guys. They, they complain about him all the time, and then like when you don't rank him in the top ten, they just like lose it. It's like pick a side, guys. Pick a side, Twix. Indeed. Um, that was stupid. Um, it was. My other honorable mentions. I have Tom Izzo. Okay. Just missed it for still, me. Th- still think he's a good coach. He's a great coach. Not, still. Not he was good, in my top 10 last year. Not as good as he, he was in my top 10 last year, too, but he's not as good as he used to be. I'd still think he's probably the best coach in the Big Ten, but we'll see. Um, Number uh, three, I would mention, is Mick Cronin. Okay. Very, very amazing coach. I mean, he knows what he's doing at UCLA. He's building, he's going to build a program where UCLA, I think, I think there's definitely a team where don't, don't be surprised if they. If they win a national championship within five to seven years, just because they're they're a very successful program. I know they don't have the players. <laughs> they're recruiting well too. They're they're recruiting very well. They might get Bronny. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I love UCLA. Another honorable mention. I have to put Hubert Davis on there. Okay. Um, what a job he did in year one. Yeah, I mean, I have Hubert at fourteen. Yeah. So and yeah, I, I mean, I have Hubert at twelve. So, um, I love Hubert Davis. I think he said just do amazing things for UNC, and you know. I, I I just think he's going to continue so much success there. Only issue is like, can he recruit? He's not going to out recruit Shire at Duke, but can he out recruit? Um, you know, and get 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 enough talent after these this class goes. You know, after Love leaves, yeah, um, Baycott leaves, mm-hmm. and then my final mention is one that you probably have pretty high in your list. And that's Craig McDermott. I'm not completely sold on him being a top ten coach yet. I love him uh, for his in game adjustments. I think he knows his team so well, and he knows how to play around play with his team, but. I, he just just missed it for me. Just yeah, missed it. So a couple guys that for me that you didn't mention. Um, I'll throw the two like kind of new guys on there, and that's Shire and uh, Kyle Neptune. Yeah, who's now the Villanova coach. First of all, there's this like this myth going around that Kyle Neptune has never coached a game when in fact he coached a full year at Fordham. Yeah, and massively overachieved. Probably had the biggest overachieving year of maybe anybody in college basketball last year. But I, lo- I think he's going to be great at Nova. I obviously think they're going to maybe take a step back with about Jay Wright and, of course, Justin Moore's hurt to start the year. So, But I think he's good. And then John Shire's currently the best recruiter in the college basketball. Yep. So I want to mention him. Anthony Grant's another guy I love from Dayton who, like, his results haven't been, like, consistent yet. But 
He's built the program very well, and I think he's going to have a really good Grant team is, this year. Grant is definitely the guy, a guy to watch out for. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one, one other guy. I don't think you didn't mention Tommy Lloyd, did you? I did, uh, I did not mention Tommy Lloyd. Okay. So, yeah, I have Tommy Lloyd, like, right outside my top ten. And he's only coached one year as well, so a lot of guys that are less experienced on, on here. But I will mention Tommy Lloyd. Um, Beautiful. He's on my top ten. He's actually, when you tweeted out, John, your, your top 50 coach rings, he was actually at nine. Yeah, I, I kind of adjusted it a little bit. Ooh, 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 okay. But, yeah, um, I think he's an elite coach. I think there's probably 11 or 12 guys that you can say are elite coaches in college basketball right now. I think now. so, too. Number 10, John. Mm-hmm. Um, let's begin. Number 10. You want to start? Sure. I will start. My number 10 coach in the country is Jamie Dixon. Yep. A guy who I think gets criminally underrated by pretty much every big media member out there. You know, he had a ton of success at, at Pitt. So much success at Pitt. W- w- was, like, won the conference, went to an Elite Eight, Sweet 16s, was, was a one, one seed multiple times, I believe, there. Uh, yeah, one seed multiple times. And, like, he, he got fired at Pitt. In 2016, which I thought was kind of undeserving, maybe they just wanted a new new voice in there. New face. But, but they've gone downhill ever since he got fired. You so. know, yeah. I mean, it's been just a complete disaster since he's left. He went 143 and 81, and what was the best Big East conference in the country? Like the Big East was the best conference in the country the majority yeah. of the time he was there. And then he's gotten to TCU, a program that isn't historically great, not even one bit, and he's won. 20 games, four of the six years he's been there. Yeah. And, like, listen, last year was his best year there, obviously, right? But, like, I think that he's really starting to build something there and get TCU into a consistently, like, NCAA tournament team competitive program. I think that Jamie Dixon will be in my top 15 next year. Mm-hmm. I think TCU's have a really good year. I just don't see enough results. There's a lot of things to like consider when looking at a coach. He's been at TCU for, what, six seasons? Yeah, this will be a seventh. Mid-tournament twice. NIT champion once. And like, like, it, the Big 12 has really, been a really you're, tough conference. Your, pu- your pushback on this, if you don't like Jamie Dixon, would be he's never finished over 500 in the Big 12 in his six years there. Even, that, even last year he went 8-10. and 10. And that's why I can't put him in my top 15. But he's there. I mean, he's sense. right there. Makes he's, sense. He, him, he's right there. You know, yeah. I like him a lot. And I think after this year, when he potentially wins the Big 12, like that could totally happen. I Who, think that. Uh, who's your number 10? My number 10, John. Someone who's a little low on your list, but I had to shout him out. And it, you can call me biased all you want here. It's Jawan Howard. I love Jawan. He's still a top five a recruiter in the country, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, two straight great teams. And. If you were telling him last year, hey, meet the Sweet 16 around February time, I think you'd call him crazy. Found a way to get to the Sweet 16. Lost to a very talented Villanova squad. Lost to a very talented UCLA team in the Elite Eight a couple years ago. And man knows how to coach. He just does. Um, recruiting, as I mentioned, brought in a great class this year. There's a handful of guys who are going to perform right away. The only question with him is development. He's developed one guy exponentially well in Hunter Dickinson, mm-hmm. but there's a handful of other players who haven't really reached their potential. And he hires very well. He hires so, like, his well. staff develops, too. They do. I think Juwan is still a top-ten coach in the country. Um, and speaking of, Six, John... 66, by the way, 66% or two-thirds of the 
big 10 second weekend appearances in the last two years have been Juwan. Yeah. I mean, he's, he wins big games. I mean, he just does. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the tournament. He just, he's a, he's a good, good coach. And I think that, you know, there's some incidents that happened that kind of made him a little, uh, yeah. kind of hated on him a little mm-hmm. bit. But I totally get it. Number nine, go. Rick Patino. Okay. Had him in my top 10 last year when yeah. we did this. Still think he's a top 10 I coach in the country. I forgot about him last year. You know, he, like, whether you think it's because he's coaching in the MAAC or not, like, he's still a really good coach. He's won, He won the league his first year at Iona. He won the regular season last year, which, in my opinion, is winning the league. But 25 wins last year. He obviously took a four-year break from coaching college basketball, but he's back. He's got Iona to a point where they're like an elite Lobeman major, and I, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. I think Iona's another good mid-major this year. Yeah. Patino's a little higher on my list. Number nine, as we mentioned before, Tommy Lloyd. Yeah. You just know with some guys. You just know with some guys that, yeah, this guy, he's going to be a very successful coach for a very long time. Mm-hmm. He's going to make Arizona, um, for the next ten years, a top five program. Maybe top three. He's going to go to multiple Elite Eights. I think he's going to go to a couple of Final Fours. He might even win a national championship because that team is going to be so good around him. And I think that, excuse me, you know, Sean Miller was a great coach. He is a good coach. You know, we're not going to take that away from him. I think that this guy might be better at Arizona than Sean was. I don't think that's I agree. debatable, to be honest. I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to see where he goes. Um Throughout his tenure here at uh, at the Wildcats, thirty three wins in year one. He won the Pac twelve regular season title and the tournament title. He was AP Coach of the Year. He was the Pac twelve Coach of the Year. Yeah, like you can make an argument that he's higher. Like you can say that I'm a little underrated. He right was now. Ev- like everything that like you ask for in a first year head coach. He like, did. He did. Tommy Lloyd was more. that. Like yeah. you, you could not have asked for more out of him. He had a very talented team. Don't be wrong, especially with a team that like was was filled with players that he didn't recruit. Yeah. Like, these were all Sean Miller's players. Yep. So, my, my number eight is Porter Moser. Okay. Another Big 12 coach. You're going to see a theme here. The Big 12 has, by far, the best coaches of any league yeah. in the country. Like, not, not, close. not even remotely close. So, Porter Moser is known for his time at Loyola, where he was obviously in a Final Four, a Sweet 16, was just wildly successful there, and kind of... The reason Loyola is still good today is is because of him. He yeah. built that program. He did, 1,000%. Goes to Oklahoma in his first year. He probably makes the tournament if Elijah Harkless doesn't get hurt. But Very I, close. I like this direction that they're trending in. I also think he's probably, if not one of the best X's and O's coaches in the country. I think he's, I, he might be the best. To be so, honest. You, I mean, you, like, you can make the argument that he is the best. I wouldn't put him there, but and, you can totally make that argument. That's not just offensively. Defensively, they're, oh they're unbelievable X's yeah. and O's wise, too. Yeah. So, yeah, Porter Moser, the Oklahoma coach, now checking in at number eight for me. So I have him actually a little higher, John. Mm-hmm. Him, and, him and Patino both a little higher for me. Yeah. I love Porter. Um, we all know what he did at Loyola, the fact that he did that. I mean, like, you think, oh, he just, you know, he just caught lightning in a bottle at the deep tournament run once. Nah, he did it again a few a few years later. So, yeah. um, and everything in between. He, he is awesome. And there's some times where at programs, you know, it just takes a little bit. And Oklahoma overperformed last year. Mm-hmm. I had him finishing 10th in the Big 12, I think, honestly. I think I, think I had him, him finishing around 8th. I, I think you had him 7th. You had him 7th. Yeah. 
I have finishing 10. I didn't think on paper their team. I'm like, I love Porter, but that team on paper isn't that good. And they weren't very good on paper, but no. they almost made the tournament. And this year, I think they will, just because. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't even care who is starting for them. I don't care who's on the roster. I, I trust Porter that much to get them in, especially in how tough the Big 12 is this year. I love him. He's actually my number six. I know we're jumping ahead here, but okay. he actually is my number six. Gotcha. My number eight, Bill Self. Okay. So people are going to clown on me. I am a new fan. Oh, why do you have him at one? Bill Self's a really good coach. He is. He is a great coach, I'd so, even say. If you don't mind me interrupting real quick. Of course, I, I hate this myth that, like, last year, like, everyone was like, okay, best three coaches in college basketball, Scott Drew, Scott Drew Calvin Sampson, Jay Wright. And all of a sudden, Kansas wins the national championship, and yeah. Bill Self is all these casuals number one coach in the country. So, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Results, they're there. I mean, they are, they are there. Mm-hmm. There's been a handful of times where he's just been so good in-game. He's great in-game. That's He might be the best in-game coach in the entire conference. And he recruits very well, too. And he just, I mean, the, the results speak for themselves. They've won. He's got two championships, multiple lead eights, multiple Final Fours. Obviously, in 2019-2020, Kansas was also a very good team. Could have had a deep run. Probably would have been the number one overall seed, right? They would have been. They yeah. kind of crowd themselves as national champions. They wouldn't ridiculous. have been. They but... wouldn't have been. Michigan State, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just tough looking at Bill Self among a lot of other guys. I, I think there's a gap between Drew, Sampson, and the guy I have at three, Tony Bennett. You know, <laughs> I think there's a gap between them and him. I think there is. I yeah. don't think Tony Bennett... I think if Tony Bennett and Bill Self switch roles right now, I don't think Virginia would be good at all. To be completely honest. I think I think Self's a good developer, yeah. I, I of, of just talent. Like he he doesn't get the talent that like Duke and Kentucky and even really UNC gets, but like he, he gets guys and brought in great like this year. He's an he's an amazing player. Like like Abaji and Brown were both yeah. four stars. Like don't get that twisted, but yeah. they were like. In like near the hundreds in, t- in yeah. terms of like where they were in recruiting and, rankings, especially Abaji, he was a little raw. Abaji was a little raw, and self coached him up, and now he's you know became one of the best players in the country. But like the, the last couple years specifically, like listen, they won the Big Twelve. What was it? Eleven years in a row, ten years in a row, at least the regular season title, and you know they had good results in the tournament most of those years. Couple years they flamed out just like every program does, but the last couple years. You have a year in 2019 where they're where they're not very good and get killed in the in the second round. Yeah. 2020 they were good. They were good. We didn't see what happened in the tournament with them, but they were the number one team in the country, pretty much from the middle of conference play onwards. Yeah. And 2021 again, not a very good year. They weren't. They they almost lost the first round. They they were very soft at times. They, they were destroyed by USC. I mean, Eastern Washington. Was well, like had them. Yeah, like, they, they had them, and then obviously last year they get what I would call one of the easier paths to a national championship that we've seen in a little while. Yeah, it was it was an easy path. It was, but they won some big games. I mean, they did. They, their final four went over Houston, man. I mean, not Houston. Villanova. Villanova. I meant to say Villanova. Yeah, I mean, my, my B, my B. It's a great win. It get killed them. Again, though, Villanova, were they missing a key player? Yeah. yeah. Was Creighton missing Creighton a key missing player? Creighton missing a key yeah. player, yeah. I mean, 
These things playing happen. Providence. Yeah. I actually have Bill Self at six for the record. Yeah. Well, a, little, a couple spots higher than you do. You didn't have him at six earlier, and you. No, but I was I was I was wrong about that. I don't think he's as high as like college basketball casuals will tell you. Yeah. But and there are like 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 one of the reasons that ranking coaches is so subject, subjective is just because like like there are people that like want to build their team differently. Yeah. Like I per, I prefer a certain way of building a t- team versus the you prefer a certain way versus the guy outside the student center prefers it. So like yeah, it's just different styles of basketball and different team structures. My number seven coach, because I believe we're at number seven now, is Greg McDermott, the guy who you had, yep. had him on, out there. honorable mention. Greg McDermott in the last four Yep, yeah, I say four years, maybe even three, I would say, excluding twenty nineteen, has been extremely successful. Twenty nineteen 2020, they win the Big East regular season. Believe it was in a tiebreaker, but they still won it. Postseason canceled. 2020-2021, that was a Creighton team that I wasn't very high on, but they beat UC Santa Barbara. They beat Ohio. They get to the Sweet 16. They were the second best team in the Big East regular season that year. Last year, they have a team full of freshmen, and sophomores nearly get to the Sweet 16. Think they probably get to the Sweet 16 if they're health, if they're healthy. Maybe they get to the Big East Championship. They were playing tremendous basketball at the end of the season. They were. Greg McDermott overall at small school Creighton is 276 one, and 137, 95 and 70 in conference play. That conference play is ju- is just the Big East, by the way. So 576 in. in a conference that has some historic programs versus a small school that was in the Missouri Valley not even a decade ago. Call that pretty successful. Call that pretty successful. So here's my thing. I, I do like Rick McCormick. I do. I do. Yeah. People, people are going to say I don't. I do. And I think he could be totally in my top ten coach. You know who doesn't like Greg McDermott? A handful of people. But Th- That girl on Twitter that claimed she was, I think, the niece of one of the Creighton assistant coaches and basically was like literally talking trash about her uncle's boss for like an hour to me. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Oh, she blocked me. So you probably didn't even see oh, it, but okay. there, there was this girl that came on my Twitter feed when I released this coach's list over the summer that basically like said she was the niece of the, one of the assistant coaches and the development that McDermott gets credit for is all the assistant coaches. And she knows the program very well. And, Thinks McDermott is just dreadful. <laughs> like, well, guess what? Who hired the assistants? Greg McDermott did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he he's building a a, a squad at Creighton. Team yeah, to win the they're going to be good this year. This year, team that's going to win the Big East, man, and and they're great. They're really good. I, I'm not going to take anything away from them. Big East, by the way, with Jay Wright gone, look at a little thin at coaches. Yes or no? Um. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I think Kyle Neptune's really good. I think Ed Cooley's good. Uh, I think Danny Hurley Hurley is solid. Yeah, I think I, think, I, I have him inside I my I have him inside my top twenty five. Thad Mod is good. I think Shaheen will be really good, but I think he, need, he he needs a year or two. I think uh, Mark Hughes is pretty good too. He's like because Seton Hall coach. is just gonna like have a completely different identity than what they've had the last like five years. Yeah, they're gonna be talented, so. which is nice. Um. 
So my six. So my seven is Rick Patino. My six is Porter Moser. Okay. Do you want to take a break? Let's go to break now. Guys? Let's go to we break have now. the same top five. There's wide, unless, we, unless you switch mine, you switch yours. I think there's a couple switches. Okay. But we'll see. But yeah, we, I we have, have the same I top five. I changed my top five since I've released it. Okay, so. so there's one switch then, but we can just talk about how great these coaches are. The yeah, top five coaches in the country. Undisputable. This is Marathon of March, and we'll see you after the break. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Theron Denson, the Black Diamond, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Welcome back to Marathon to March. David playing this year's ESPN College Football Anthem coming out of the break. But the song is awesome. It, it is. It's a great theme. And honestly, like, Run It was good last year. We just didn't give it enough of a chance. I've been, no, it's bad. I've been listening to it so much. I think it's good. But I, I, we didn't give it enough of a chance. But, well, yeah, even with the college football music playing, we're here every Tuesday to discuss college basketball. And college basketball, we'll say mostly. We'll say mostly. Definitely. I, I have to pick a random song to close us out on, and none of these songs are good. Damn, I, I don't damn, know what damn, to pick. Damn, I'll, damn, wait, damn, this repeat. is a Mac Miller song. Let me put that. Okay. Right. We're going to the top five. Yeah, top five coaches in the, in the country. We're going to wrap up with a little college football just because, you know, we're, we're starting right now. But this that is truly a great song. My number five coach in the country is Eric Musselman. I don't know if he's the same for you, David. Eric Musselman at, at five. five. It is not. Okay, so I'll talk about Eric Musselman a little oh, bit. Oh, Marlon Mack got released. I traded for him in fantasy. That is too bad. I hate you, Shane Palma. So Eric Musselman, the coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, has just been just unbelievably good the last two two years. Of course, guy has an NBA background, then decided to coach the college ranks, came to Nevada, had some 
wild success there, getting to a Sweet 16 and the NCAA tournament three straight years at this Mountain West school with not too much history. Then he gets, takes the Arkansas job. First year, not great. Then they make back-to-back Elite Eights. Neither of those years, I will say, they won the SEC, and neither of those years they won the SEC tournament. So within the conference, even though over the last two years he was 26-9 and nine in the conference, no accolades really in the conference to show for it, but just Eric Musselman has built teams in back-to-back years, and it might be the same way this year that are NCAA tournament-ready teams. And it's basically just like, I think I tweeted this a couple months ago, because of his NBA background, he has become very adamant that the way he's going to win at Arkansas is getting players that have NBA measurables. And whether they're very raw as players or not, he's going to develop them. That's why he brought in Trayvon Brazil this year. It's why he brought in the freshman that he did. Jordan Walsh, insane NBA men- yeah. measurables. Yeah, he's nuts. Eric Musselman is building his roster every single year the same way that Jawan Howard is. And honestly, like that's why we've seen them get almost exactly the same results yeah. the last two years in the tournament. Eric Musselman's a guy. One, he's bringing something to, to this sport, which a lot of coaches lack. That's fire. That's yeah, energy. energy. He's by far the most energetic coach in college basketball. And he's bringing a new wave of coaches who do that. Like Drew Valentine takes, mm-hmm. takes from him. You know, there's some sort of Ben Johnson takes from him. I don't know how Shire is going to be on the sidelines, but he might bring something. Yeah, fire. I'm interested to see that too. You know, Izzo kind of had that little anchor, but he never was like fired. He was just yelling at freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Musselman is hyped all the time. Nate Oates is the same way. You know, these guys just, they just get their team fired up, and they, when, when they, when you give a guy like that talent, and you, and you are able to recruit, I mean, he has been, um, he took down the best team in the country last year in the tournament before going up against a team full of NBA players. Mm-hmm. I mean, that team, looking back at it, like, that's Tough draw, that, tough draw. <laughs> that's like, what? Four first-round picks? Yeah. In the starting lineup? And then one's returning starting point guard, Seb? So, you know, tough draw. Um, as a four seed in the year before, again, an, another really good team, and you happened to go up against the national champions, and you lost in the lead eight. And they played well. They played very well. And if, you know, J.D. Note doesn't get in foul trouble, yeah. which, to be fair, Mussman, did he do a great job with that? Yeah. It, it was, it was. But at the same time, you know what, in lead eight, you got to have him play. It's yeah. Like, it's like he's not, what, what do you say to him for? You yeah. know what I mean? No. So if Vino Tate plays, if, and also if, like, if, if, if their if, players play better, I mean, if he sits <laughs> if he sits out and finishes the game with four fouls, and you sit him on the bench for four minutes that he could have been playing, and you lose by two, three, th- what does it matter? You regret that for the rest of your life. What does it matter? Moses Moody could have played better, you know. Yeah, he didn't play very well in that game. No, so not going to put that on the most of it. I really am not. No. Um. So they lose to the eventual national champions, and you lose to a team who is with four NBA starters. They got some tough draws. It's about time the committee gives Arkansas a Kansas-like draw. And you give them a chance. I think Arkansas is going to be a top three seed in the tournament. I bet you they're more than two. More than two. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to make a deep tournament run once again because that's all this guy does, it seems like. Yeah. I trust him. I, 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 there are a few coaches, and there are three exactly. There are three coaches that I would rather have 
as the head coach of a team right now. And honestly, if I'm starting a program right now, he's number one. If I'm starting a program, he's the number one guy I want my head coach. You, you thought his team was super long and aggressive last year. Just wait till you see what he puts out this year. I mean, you're starting a six-seven point guard who, granted, is a freshman. Your best best scorer is going to be a six-four wing that can score efficiently at all three levels. You're going to be starting a six eight six nine Jordan Walsh, who has a ridiculous wingspan and is super athletic and fast. And then I think Trayvon Brazil is going to end up starting for them, yeah. who's and just insane potential. Jumps wise. out of the gym, long lane. We talked about their team last week too. I mean, they're just awesome. They're just a great team, and they're going to be so so good this year. Um, I love Arkansas. They're my SEC champion. And then I didn't even I forgot to mention their their other starter, who I think is going to be their other starter, is a six. Three six four wing and Devo Davis, who awesome. won't give you much offensively, but he'll guard the heck out of the ball. Yeah, so he'll play defense, and that's honestly. Who is your number five? Number five is Mark, Mark Few. Few. Mark Few. Okay, so we have the same top three. Pretty sure it's the same order. Mark Few is such an interesting player. Such Coach. A player. I said player. He's a player. <laughs> John, he's a, he's a player. Um, I look. This, look, you know. I you can talk, say whatever I want about me being a, a Gonzaga hater. I'm not a Mark Few hater. I think five is a fair point for him. I am not going to complain. I have one him one spot above. So mm-hmm. I think his his dad is Norm Few. Anyway, <laughs> um, results wise, I mean he's brought it. Yeah, he's won his conference. He's won you know the Disney Channel conference for the past 15 years, <laughs> and. Got a couple of runner-ups, handful of eights, mm-hmm. in the tournament so many times. A couple of Sweet Sixteens. He develops anyone and everyone. Yeah, very well. Drew Timmy, what was what was his recruit? You know, he was higher than people think. Um, I want to say he was in like the thirties. Like a one star. No, he was not a one star, but he he was in like the thirties. I want to say. Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs get back. Yeah, 40, 43 yeah. in the back to back five stars, top five kids, there, top three, top four. Yeah, I, I mean he's like getting four. elite players now, and like this class that they have coming in isn't very good, but like it's not. I was like gonna Brayden, say, but Brayden, I was gonna say. Brayden Huff was, I think, Mister Basketball in, in Illinois this year, and I bet he ends up being a good player for them. Yeah, he is gonna be good. They have a very solid squad. There's not many bad things to say about them. There's really not. You know, it just kind of depends at this point of like who would you rather have as your coach and. I think it's kind of, you know, I just don't think you can put Mark Few at one. I don't think you can put him ahead of ahead of these three guys. And Musselman, I can totally see you put ahead of Musselman. I don't hate that whatsoever. But these next three, I just really can't see. It's it's kind it's kind I of can't see it. It's kind of a little Bill Bill Self thing with him. We're just like when when they play bad, it's just like they look really unprepared. Bill and, Self has and, two rings though, and really unready to to play. And part of that's probably not his fault because like, listen, I. Think Gonzaga, like I'm not one of these people that's going to come out here and tell you that Gonzaga can't win a national championship because I think that would just be silly considering they've gotten there twice in the last five years. But I will say that it is harder to prepare for NBA players and NBA size and speed when you don't see it for two and a half months in conference play. You're correct. Um, he's never lost. 10 or less. He's never lost 10 or less games in conference. He never has done that. He's always won 11 or more. Yeah, and I mean... extremely impressive, and he's going to do that forever until Gonzaga... But the last six, last six years, the most he's lost is one. So... Am, am I a casual for saying this, Liddy? You know, can I... Am I casual for saying this? Is it crazy to say, 
you know, I'd like to see Mark Few in a conference where there's no weak teams. Yeah, I'd like to see it, but I like think I also think it would be silly to say like if that if Gonzaga was in like the Big Ten, for instance, or yeah. the Big East, because there's been rumors about that. If, if Gonzaga was at in, this point, why not? If Gonzaga was in the, here in the Big Ten, which so. by the way, not sure that like I'm not going to get into numbers, but I don't know how Gonzaga would have the budget for that. Um, but if Gonzaga played in the Big East, I think it would be silly to say they finish anything worse than than first the last. Three years, probably. Four years, honestly. I did that math wrong. But, like, yeah, like, I think Ant Wright tweeted something interesting about Ant. about Gonzaga. That, and let's, this, this, let's, let's get Ant Wright on this th- This was two years ago. He tweeted that if Gonzaga played in the Big Ten, it, this was two years ago, the year where the Big Ten was probably the best, if not second best conference in the country. He tweeted that if Gonzaga had played in the Big Ten this year, they'd probably have two conference losses. But that was, a, but that's a testament to how good Gonzaga is. Yeah, I don't know. I, think it's I just think there's a difference between going on the road to like play at Pepperdine versus going on the road to play like even St. Mary's. Like I know they lost that game last year, but like, yeah. come on, like St. Mary's is not playing at like Mackey, for instance. No, no, no. But obviously, you can't compare them to like the co Big Ten champions. You got to compare them to like. Like Pepperdine, like you don't go on the road to play Pepperdine or like you know Portland. Instead, you go on the road to play like a mm, Indiana. They were middle of the pack last mm-hmm. year. I want to say Rutgers, but it's obviously a really tough place to play. Yeah. Oh my God. Gonzaga I wonder how would, Gonzaga, Gonzaga would. Gonzaga is scared of Rutgers. I, I wonder dude. how Gonzaga would fare, fare at the rack. They're scared. They're never, they're never going to settle that game. So we we both have Tony Bennett at number three, right? We both have Tony Bennett at number three. Could be your number one. I don't think it's crazy to put him there. He had a, a couple, couple years. A couple years ago, I feel like you could argue that. Tough year this past year. I don't expect him to come back. I hate how I have to search up Tony Bennett basketball every time. Every <laughs> every single time I look up his name. Actually, when it's when I click up Tony Bennett, it goes to American former professional basketball player. Oh, so he's from Wisconsin. Boo. But yeah, you know, like you just look, you look at this like since 2013, 2014, the fir- the first year they won the ACC, I believe. 30 wins, 30 wins, 29 wins, 23 wins, 31 wins, 35 wins, and then the last couple of years they've kind of been worse. But Not great. You know, like 2019-20, playing well towards the end of the year. They last were. year, they, they, last year they were okay, but not a tournament team. And then, and then the year before that, 18 wins, 18 so and 7. You can kind of see some with, with uh, Tony Bennett here. Takes, they, a li- takes a little bit to go up, 2013-2014, oh, ooh, sweet 16. Going to go down a little bit. Here comes the new squad. 18 and 19, they peak. National championship go a little bit down. So maybe it's a little wavy, but I'm expecting a 20-minute rise. I'm not saying necessarily led by Isaac Trout, but, I mean, I'd love to see it led, mm-hmm. I'd love to see it led by Isaac Yeah, Trout. I mean, they got, a, they got a good squad this year, though. I'm ex- tournament team. excited to see them bounce back. I, I Tony Bennett is definitely there, top three, because he's earned it. But we can see in a couple years, if he doesn't give us... A deep run they're, they're similar to Gonzaga in a lot of ways. Where, like they don't beat athleticism usually. No, but he's a heck of a coach. He's yeah, a he a is. Coach. And he, he's, you know, you think you said it a while ago, and it spoke to your spoke to how volumes he is. You know, it's like it, you know, you always said you said this as a Duke fan. You're like, I love beating North Carolina. It's always great to beat them. You know what I mean? They're our rivals. But when you beat Virginia, it's so much more satisfying. Beating Virginia is hard. They got yeah. us once this year. Yeah, we, we were way better than them. They got us once this year. But like, yeah, like. I, I will take to my grave that the best win of the 2018-19 Duke season was on the road at Virginia. We beat them by, beat them by 10. 
Yeah. Virginia lost three games that year. Duke Duke was two of them. Yeah. So, like, those were both satisfying. We beat them once without our starting point guard and once on the road by double digits. Let's talk about the second best coach in the country. Scott Drew. Scott Drew. He's someone who, also I type in Scott, and the first that came up were Scott Drew and Scotty Pippen. Hmm. Um, so, Scott Drew, maybe the most phenomenal job at a program of all time ever. Is that crazy to say? Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. Not even remotely when, close. When he took that team over, first off, he was a head coach for one season at Valpo, and they went to the NIT and lost the first round. And like, you know what? Go here are the keys to Baylor, kid. And here's the keys to a program that's in complete shambles yeah. and like has virtually no chance of like ever like figuring this out again because yeah. of what happened. And they had, you know what? First four years, brutal. Made the tournament year five, losing the first round. Go to the NIT. For, for, by the way, yeah. the first, the Big Twelve. He took over, obviously, when they still had 12 teams. Yeah. The first four years, 11th, 12th, 12th, 11th. That's the places he finished in the conference. Yep. They stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Best decision they ever made in their lives. They finished top four, tied for fourth, um, lost the first round, then went to the NIT, tough year, but bounced back. How, how did they win 24 games and finish ninth in the conference? <laughs> that is nuts. They went 5-11 they went, uh, went Wait, the they won 19 non-con games? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Wait a minute. I just between, noticed that. Between the NIT wins, the non-conference wins, and I'm guessing there had to have been like a Big 12 tournament win in there, right? Like, you almost have to think that. So, <laughs> that's crazy. You make a couple of dates. You win 30 games the first time. You know? Mm-hmm. But then you just have some consistent. You lose to Yale. How does Yale even about, about Baylor? 29-2010 was really their first year where, like, oh, okay, he's got this program, like, good. Here. He's here. Yeah, like. Because they played Duke in the Elite Eight that year. It was a tough game. They had a lot of NBA play- players. That was Duke's, outside of the uh, Butler game, toughest game at the tournament. Yeah. You go in the tournament, Sweet 16 in 2013-2014, lost the first round next year. Lost the first round year for that. Sweet 16 again. Then it's like, okay, you made the NIT after that. This is kind of the end for them. Mm-hmm. But nope, they're not, they're not done yet. They lose in the round of 32 in 2018-19. But 2019-20, they had a great squad. Mm-hmm. Could have won the Natty. Michigan State would have won the Natty. No tournament. Could have won the Natty. Um, no tournament. Yeah, 2018-19 was really where we, like, saw them, like, as, like, okay, this team could be a contender in a, a year or two because they were, I believe, an eight, maybe nine seed. They beat Syracuse in the first round. They lost to Gonzaga in a game that Gonzaga, like, it was closer, but, like, Gonzaga had it. And, but, like, they were very young. Like, Butler, Teague, Mitchell, all young, young guys that year. And, of course, they bring in some transfers along the way. And then in 2021, 17, 18 years after Drew gets the job, they win a national championship. Hard work. What's the saying? Hard work. Beats talent when when talent talent fails fails to work work hard. hard. I feel like that's just... By the way, if you look like like on a grand scheme of things, just to show you how hard his job was at the beginning of his tenure here, his career record in conference is 167 and 155. Yeah, that's the Big 12 for you. He was like under 500 like in conference play like before the national championship year. He was. He was. That's crazy. It's nuts. And had one of the best seasons ever. Oh, I think everything just loaded back up, John. Are we back? We might be back and on, on the mega segment. Just in time to talk about the best coach in the country. <laughs> Just in time to talk about the best coach in the country who's about to add a national championship to his uh, resume. That's our pick. 
Ben Johnson. Okay, no, it's actually Kelvin Sampson. Yes. Who? Okay, I'm going to admit this. Oh, oh, boy. John is admitting something. Kelvin Sampson is 66 is, years is old. Is exempt from, the, from something I kind of took into effect on my list, and that is you're a little lower if you've been caught cheating before. And Kelvin Sampson has been caught cheating. He has. At Indiana. Yes. Why is he exempt from this? Because what he's done in the last five years at Houston is just remarkable. Just utterly incredible. Unbelievable job. He has, without a doubt, no doubt in my mind, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a close second that I can think of, the best system in college basketball. I Defensively, agree. it's easily won. Offensively, yeah, 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 but defensively, it's easily won. He is nuts. I mean, <laughs> I watched them play last year, and every single game, I'm like, this is the most prepared team I've ever seen in my life. And they're better. They got better somehow. Yeah. They, got, they improved in the season. And, like, they're not a team that you can just, like, sit down and, like, look at results. Because, like, first of all, I mean, the American Conference is good, but not as good as your typical high major conference. Yep. And also, like, they, like, they will lose a game to a bad team pretty much every year. Last year, I believe it was East Carolina they lost to. Like, they lost the game to a bad Wichita State team in there one year. Like, 14-3, and 15-3 in the league back-to-back years. You think American, you're like, okay, so, like, how are they losing three games in a conference like that? But, like, the American's not that bad. Like, you're, you're playing programs that are around the top 80, top 100 in Ken Palm for the mo- most part. And, like, you watch them and you're just like, like they, they play well, but, like, they're not like eye candy. And, like, you look at the metrics with them and, like, oh, how are they number two in Ken, in Ken Palm in last year? How were they number five the year before? Yep. It's because they play a real, really efficient brand of basketball. And on top of that, they play – Super, super slow. <laughs> and so they're they boring. They're boring. Three hundred, but, it, but it's sexy. Three thirty-eight in tempo last year. The year before they were three thirty-two. Six spot difference between years in tempo. So um, above all else, like they're extremely consistent in their style. They don't let anyone change the way they play. Yep. And if you beat them, you're gonna beat them playing their style. And you know who beat them last year? A team that plays their style, yeah. Villanova. Yeah. So, is it a matchup thing for them? Do they need to to play fast teams to w- win a national championship? Maybe, but you can't ignore the fi- the Final Four. You can't ignore the Elite Eight. You can't ignore the Sweet Sixteen that they were just one possession away from beating Kentucky in 2019. You can't ignore the fact that they had Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Jordan in, Poole in made the most strange shot of all time. It, they, they had Michigan. Yeah. And I, had no, I have no doubt in my mind that they beat that Texas A&M team. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. And you know what? Their Elite Eight matchup would, would have been Florida State. So maybe they go to a Final Four in 2018. If we're, which is and why. Now, now we're just like, ah, I could have done like, well, I know we're walking a, a line here. But, like, come on, man. Like, the, the results are there. The program is built. Like, as long as Kelvin Sampson doesn't have another NCAA violation. And the thing in the, is with that, do you know what his violation was back in 08? I don't. I, it was so. I want to say it was recruiting. Yeah, it was recruiting. He like called and texted recruits. 
Like during the dead period? Yeah, like he, no, he like, made over 500 like, impermissible calls, which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, recruiting during the dead period. Don't get caught doing that. It's just like... Like yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. But he didn't he didn't he didn't do some other things that other coaches have done. You know the you know the problem with that though is like he got caught doing it. He got a warning and then he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> so like he obviously didn't care. Then he lied about it. And like he like I, like I'll be the first to tell you he is one of the reasons that Indiana is not like Indiana basketball. What do you mean? It, like Indiana is a historic program. Yeah. Like the reason the last year is like first of all Archie Miller like. Massively failed to recruit in-state oh talent, God, yeah. and secondly, like Kelvin Sampson, kind of like they had major violations because Kelvin Sampson just completely ignored what the what the NCAA said. It's true; these are these are true. So, um, all right, Kelvin Sampson wanted to win the national championship. Anyway, John, we have ten minutes. We said five minutes of college football. We said five minutes of college football. Here we as go. Always. So I actually tweeted out my playoff predictions, my college football playoff predictions mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Um. And we kind of went over them last week very briefly. We did. Alex Littlewood finally got waved. Liddy. What? <laughs> Alex Littlewood got waved. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He was either getting traded or waved, one of the two. So, so here are my playoff predictions. No, the Vikings are waving Dalvin Tomlinson? What? What? Oh, it's fake. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say. It's a fake. He's good. I'm like, what in the heck are we doing? Okay, anyway, 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 anyway. Here are my college football playoff predictions, John. I, I told you, I, t- I tweeted it out. I had like a list of them. So I should change, literally already changed it five minutes after tweeting it. Mm-hmm. Alabama I have it won 13-0. So the reason I put Ohio State at one originally in my tweet is because my four seed is Georgia and my three is Utah. And you didn't want them to No play. matter what, the matchup is going to be Bama versus Utah, Ohio State versus Georgia. I don't care what those things are going to be. Because Bama and Georgia just aren't going to play. They're not going to play. The committee always says, well, we don't look at... Yes, you do. Stop lying. They're you not look gonna, at that. They're not going to play back-to-back times. I have NC State just missing because I do think NC State's really good. I think that it's going to be some ACC school that just misses, and I just picked NC State out of Clemson or Miami, even though I like all three of them more than any other uh, ACC team. Um, LSU's great. We've been on this for a while. I mean, I've been on this for so long, and so is Harry, and so is you. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of, like... Trying to convince people, I want I want them to just go out Sunday and show it, yeah. and I think they will. Um, Houston will go undefeated. Uh, I Kelvin d- Sampson, I don't think I agree with that. Who are they losing to? <sighs> I don't see a, the biggest toughest game was Texas Tech. Do they not play UCF? No, no, I don't know if they do or not. But they're gonna meet UCF. UCF's not that great. But like, it's just like they could lose to UTSA this weekend. I don't think they will, but they could. They could lose to. Who? UTSA. Oh, this is USA. They're, yeah, the United they're, States. they're gonna lose to the United States of America World Baseball Classic team. Yeah. But like, but like that, they that could team lose pretty good to be fair though. They could lose to UTSA, they could lose to Texas Tech, they I could lose know. at Memphis, they could lose at SMU. They, they do not play they do not play UCF. But I think they win all th- they probably will in the conference championship game. Yeah. But like if Listen, they, if, even I, if they do, they're not going to play the I think my Houston is my group of five team that's making the New Year's Six just out of the fact that, like, they're, they have an easier schedule than anyone in the Mountain West will. I think the best group of five team this year is Fresno State. I think it's them, but the, but I think we can both agree that the only team, only group of five team that has I, a I genuine chance to make the playoff is BYU. If you, if Houston runs the table and, and, Dame, and goes thir- and, go, and goes thirteen zero, like obviously they're the group of five team, but I. I Struggle to see how they even crack the top ten. Yeah, honestly, 
Fresno could beat USC, even though I don't know. BYU has so many chances to go into if they go undefeated and have so many chances to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they have four key games that if they win all of them, like they're, they're, they're going in. to be in. They're going to be in. Like the likelihood of them winning all four are slim, and even the likelihood of them getting in at eleven and one is probably slim. Very slim. You have to go undefeated. Um, Notre Dame. I think could they're as losing well. three of those games. By the way, my Snapchat notifications are off. Anyway, Notre Dame will lose at least twice. At least twice. They lose to Ohio State, and I think I they lose to either I have them BYU ten or USC or Clemson. I have, one them, of those two, I have them at 10-2. and two. I have them losing to Clemson Ohio State. and Ohio State. State. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Big 12, I think, is the most fun conference. I think it's the yeah, I think there, I mean, there are, I think, seven teams that can make the conference championship in that league. Um, You said seven? Yeah, seven. Not that can win it, but I think make the. Conference I think there are four. I think it's the only conference I can say there's four teams that can win it. I, I think four teams can win it as well, but I think seven teams could make the conference championship. What are you putting TCU. Yeah, T- TCU, K State, and either uh, Iowa State, probably Iowa State or West Virginia. Huggins. Huggins. <laughs> Huggy Bear. West Virginia. But no, I mean like, I think I like I think Iowa State and West Virginia will both probably beat some teams. They I think shouldn't. the Big Twelve is the hardest conference. Trying to think, the only conference can, to, pr- to predict. I think easily. The only conference against you. There's genuinely four teams that could win the conference. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I think there are two teams that can win the SEC. Two that there's can win. One that can two win that, that can win the Big Ten. There's two. You're right. There's one that can win. The two. Big Ten. That, um, no one's close to Ohio State, man. I think Michigan's not as far off as people think, but they're playing at Ohio State, so they won't win that game. Yeah, there's three in the ACC. Clemson, Miami, NC State. Yeah, sorry, Duke fans. And there's, yeah, pick, there's two pick, of the Pac-12. Pick three, three, of the Pac-12 three of the Pac-12. USC, UCLA, Oregon. Oregon. Oh, we're, Utah. No, I said Utah. U- U- UCLA. No, 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 not UCLA. I think UCLA could. I think it's Utah, USC, and Oregon. I think it's very unlikely, but I think UCLA could. Maybe, maybe it's more likely that they like get there. But course, course. All right, John. Last prediction. I don't know if there's anything out there you want. For college football or basketball, if you want to coaches again, shout out Tad Boyle, shout out Bus. Um, for shout, co- out, shout out Tad Boyle for for college football. Any shout outs? I should say. I'll say that Texas A and M is getting overrated. I think, I think we, everyone knows. We, t- we talked about that last week. I think actually, I'll shout out your boys. I think Minnesota is one of the most underrated teams in the country. I love the I have them at, team. I have them. At you th- you have them a little high. <laughs> I have them at thirteen. The preseason, one spot behind Iowa, who's who I have winning the West. It's fair, but. You have, I, you have Nebraska. I really the West? don't. I really don't see it with Wisconsin. They're returning eight starters in a year that the Big Ten West was not very good, and like their quarterbacks, Graham Mertz. Yeah, like they don't get. They don't have good quarterback play. They have the toughest schedule in the division, so yeah. like I, I don't see it. They lose to Iowa, and I think they lose Minnesota too. They also beat Iowa last year and still didn't win the division. Yeah. So. I think they're going to lose to Northwestern. I'm kidding. I have no idea. Um, anybody can beat anybody in that league. True. I firmly uh, believe that. This has been an amazing episode. This is Kanye West. Because we got Heartless back. We're going to have to play some weird song called One Stop Shop <laughs> by Twen. Twen. E. Angzo Twe. You know, it's from, from having my mother. Uh, this has been a Tuesday afternoon. Go Tigers on Thursday. Be on the call for it on 7 p.m. This is Marathon to March. Have a good one.